I'm Austin Carr, and this is my song, Cool Kid. And I'll try to be your cool kid And wear that skin around Pretend I like their bells and whistles When I never hear a sound Welcome to the Song Saloon. I'm your host, Jordan Smith-Reynolds. If you're a first-time listener, thanks for being here, and a special thank you to our return listeners. If you enjoy the episode today, please consider sharing it with a friend. Today's guest is Austin Carr. Austin is inspired by classic singer-songwriters, and he approaches his songwriting from a narrative point of view with painfully honest lyrics. He released his debut EP, Imaginary Boy, in 2020, and is working on a project to be released in 2024. This new project will focus on different types of romantic relationships as a gay man in an absurd city, a mental breakdown or two, and the ups and downs of making art in a brutal industry. Welcome, Austin. Hi, thank you for having me at your saloon. Yes, thank you for coming to the saloon. Yeehaw, as requested. <laughs> Yeehaw. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wanted to start with talking about Cool Kid. Where did this song come from? Yeah, so Cool Kid came from years and years of insecurity, I guess I would say. It's basically about the mask and the performance that we learn to put on as kids to avoid being singled out and bullied and how that can lead us to doing really bad things to other people as we get older. And my participation in it, it's a kind of confessional song. Yeah, it's kind of that mask you have to put on as you're trying to fit in with, with people and feel a sense of belonging, right? Is that what you say would be part of it? Yeah, yeah. It's um, LA in particular, obviously, has a, a certain cool kid culture. And right. um, when I first moved here, I definitely saw myself starting to really play into that. Just like, yeah, feeling like I was putting on a completely different performance of myself whenever I would go to a social event. Mm. This song was very therapeutic, breaking down kind of just why I was doing that and how I felt about doing that, being very honest about that insecurity with myself. Yeah. Did you find it changed your relationship with other people in that way? Or was it just kind of an observational type of piece? Yeah, it was uh, the song itself changed a lot. I think when I when I first wrote the song, it was more of kind of like an angry kind of deal where I was very annoyed about that that certain scene in LA, especially with industry people. So it was kind of like a call out song. And I was like, cool kids suck. And it sucks how they <laughs> treat other people. And then as I kept writing it, it got a lot more personal. It became a lot more about myself and my own insecurities. And it developed a lot more into like my relationship with the cool kids over the years of my life and why I feel the need to put on this kind of performance. A lot of times to impress people that I wouldn't even want to be myself. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it ended up being a lot more a confession of my own insecurity rather than an angry call out that it started out as. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm the problem too. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. So did that start with like verse kind of content, chorus, when you were kind of switching perspectives and how you're writing? Um, do you remember? Yeah, I think for the most part, the verse 
stayed the same. I think the hook had a lot meaner of lyrics, like the conclusion of it was oh. a lot meaner. I, I don't totally remember what it was. I mean, I have it on my phone. The verse has definitely changed a lot to be a lot more about like, why am I like this? Why do I spend so much time worrying about what other people are thinking of me? Why is that a need that I feel to impress other people that I myself, again, like wouldn't necessarily even want to be or a culture that I don't necessarily respect? Yeah, but at the beginning, it definitely the verses were a lot more like petty. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I can't I need to tone it back before I release this. And yeah, at this point, it's just venting. Yeah, I love that you started with calling out the fake people, but then seeing it in yourself. I love just the open-ended questionness of it, right? It's like, we need this belonging, we need to fit in, and we want to be successful. And we often associate that success with these people that we don't want to be anything like. Yeah, I mean, the moment that kind of like inspired the song, I remember I, I was at like a party in LA with that kind of crowd. And I was doing like the rounds, doing the schmoozy thing. And one of my real friends came up to me, like a friend that I know really well and knows me really well. And they said something to me that just really like hit me like a train. And mm. they were like, oh, I didn't, e- I didn't even recognize you. Like you're acting like such a different person tonight. And I don't think they meant it as like a call out. Yeah, or a but, or something. Yeah, exactly. They were just like, oh, you're, so, you're, you're being so bubbly in a way that you are not normally. For me, that comment, I was just like sitting alone in my apartment for weeks after it. Like, why does this bother me so much? Why is that? Why does that feel like such a like exposing comment? Eventually, I got to the point where I just realized like, oh, it's the first time that somebody has come up to me in public and just been like, hi, I see that you're wearing a mask. That's such a it's interesting that you're doing a performance right now. And I can see that that's what you're doing. And that's obviously like that's that's something that I have been very aware of in myself for so long and someone just pointing it out really threw me and I was like okay I need to write something about this to to process that I think that's a great place to move into live performance mode for this song do you mind playing the song for us yeah I'm not gonna do that today (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) no I would love to awesome I'm getting old to be this feckless Tossing rocks and towing lines Lord forgive me of my sins I've been earnest here again Better cover up my veins until it's time And I'll try to be your cool kid And wear that skin around Pretend I like their bells and whistles When I never hear sound I could decorate the background Another pretty smile Taking shots with every bully by your side the cool kid kind I 
I've got a lingering suspicion They can smell that I'm a liar I'm too soft and I'm too weak I can't think the things they think But I'll practice every day to change my mind Cause I'd kill to be your cool kid And wear that skin around Pretend I like their bells and whistles When I never hear a sound I could decorate the background Another pretty smile Taking shots with every bully by your side Cool kid kind And I'll try to be a cool kid Hold my baggage like a cool kid Make you think that I'm a cool kid Till I'm too old and I'm too tired of all the try The cool kid kind All right <laughs> Man, there's so many little things that I want to get into with this song. Ooh, I'm excited. First, I want to start with the whistle. I was going to ask you that <laughs> when you sent me the song, was if it was you that was whistling in the track, and it is in the recorded version? It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I, f I found out through this process that I am not a good whistler, <laughs> and so it was like I, I really had to practice to be able to end up recording it. And that was the thing that took the longest to record because mm. it's it, I, for whatever reason, I, w I was like, I have whistle stage fright as we're recording this. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how to whistle anymore. I suddenly forgot this is the first time I've ever recorded a whistle. Um, but it ended up getting there. So we're good. Yeah. And it sounds funky on a microphone, too. So you like go too close to it. There's a bunch of air going through. Not that I've done it. I yeah. actually don't have any whistle recordings, but I imagine that would be a problem. No, it is. Yeah, you have to you have to angle it just right to be able to hear it. But obviously, if you just blow air into a microphone, <laughs> it sounds terrible. So yeah. Yeah. And then also just the use of the whistle through it. First of all, I think it's really on brand for the song saloon. So I appreciate that. Um, the whistle sound <laughs> it makes, just feels very saloony. Would you say that the purpose of the whistle is kind of just like, nonchalance you're looking for as a cool kid like talk to me a little bit about why you use the whistle throughout the song yeah so pretty early on it wasn't in my first demo but as soon as i sent the first demo i was like i really want to add a whistle i have this idea for like like you're saying like a nonchalant little step down western whistle melody and for me it was more I really wanted to get that kind of nostalgic quality in the song and something that kind of tied it to 
childhood. And for me, mm-hmm. that's what the whistle kind of served as a purpose for. And then also just in general, the vibe that we're going for, for, for the EP that I'm working on that Cool Kid is a part of is kind of like mixing pop with country and Western elements. And once we like put a vintage effect on the whistle and reverb the heck out of it, that sounds like a, like a cowboy kind of like moseying through the desert. But the original intention behind it was to get that like nostalgic childhood kind of vibe to it. But I like your interpretation of it, and I'm going to steal that now. Whistling, don't look at me, I'm I'm fitting in just fine, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is it kind of reminds me of like a cartoon or something, where the cartoon would be like doing something obviously wrong in the social setting, and then they turn around, the person turns around, and they're like whistling in the corner. Like, it feels kind of that way to me. That's great. I love that. I wish that I had thought of that, but... <laughs> yeah, you, prob- you probably did, like, subconsciously. There's, like, that's all building, you know? It's so cool. Yeah, I think that's something that folk and country music does that's really cool, taking a very sad thematic concept, but having, like, a really simple, almost happy-sounding melody that goes along with it. I think that mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, yeah, And agreed. so, yeah, that was... I, I wanted something that felt kind of, like, bittersweet, not super depressing and contrasted a lot with um very almost like embarrassingly <laughs> insecure lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and I that's another part I want to talk about was with the lyrics. I love the progression you have in like your need to fit in in the song where it kind of starts off as like I'll try to be your cool kid like you're here and you're just you're trying to fit in, but then like second time around it's like I'll kill to be your cool kid which like raises the stakes quite a bit from trying, you know? Thank you for noticing that. I was really proud of that. I think that was kind of something that I wanted to show that I was like wrestling with when I was writing it is like you're saying, like the first round is a lot of like, I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to be someone that you see as valuable. And then the second verse gets a little bit more into like, oh, I am not better than any of these people that I see as bullies. Mm. I, in the past, have also thrown people under the bus. I've made fun of people to be able to like fit in and be perceived as cool. And so I, I really like the idea of like, I'm not just going to try to be your cool kid. I would kill to be your cool kid. Like mm-hmm. I'm willing to throw people under the bus in the same way in order to like get that validation. And also the the full line is, I'd kill to be your cool kid and wear that skin around, which I thought was a cool, very dark yeah. <laughs> way, way of getting that point across. Whereas right. in the first verse, it's, I'll try to be your cool kid and wear that skin around, which is a little bit more of like, oh, I'm wearing a mask. And the second mm-hmm. version is like, I committed cool murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a Buffalo Bill kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something about how you have the verses too and the way it's structured harmonically and the way you're singing it does make it very clear that you're not like super condoning your actions either, which I think is really interesting. It's like you kind of, you see through the fakeness of it, but you still like need it and you're you're fighting for it and willing to fight a ton for this thing. So I'm happy that that came across to you because like I was saying before, the first draft of it was a lot less like that. It was a lot more accusatory and kind of like, I'm I'm the victim in this situation. Mm-hmm. And it, that just didn't really feel honest. And so yeah. as I was like writing more and tweaking things and editing things, I, I, I was like working 
very intentionally to try to get that in there of like, I'm also implicated in this. And I'm also not proud of the stuff that I'm willing to do to be able to fit in with this crowd, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that perspective shift is just way more interesting of a story to listen to as well, as opposed to like just feeling like you're being picked on all the time to uh, participating in it and also having conflicting feelings of, about what you're doing. I think it's just way more layered. Um, what's your revision process like? Because it sounds like, you know, the song started as one thing and ended up very different. What's your typical revision process as a writer? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's similar for you, but I tend to write a song and then take a long time to record it. Usually, unless it's something where I'm like, oh, this is a bop. I got to record yeah. it. But yeah, usually I will like, I like to write a song and sit with it for a while and make sure it feels right because i'm kind of always tweaking things up until the day that i'm recording lyrics which is probably not good i don't think that's the best way to do that it makes it hard to remember the lyrics that's for sure yeah no that i whenever i record i have like a notes app where for some lines i'm like this feels right and then for other lines i will have like seven different versions of it mm -hmm. and I'll be like, which one feels correct so yeah i guess my process is that I just go with whatever feels honest or like feels like the right match for the rest of the song. It's not very mathematical or logical. <laughs> mm. And you, you mentioned you sit with songs for a long time. So yeah. I really relate to that too. The song that I just released, 1933 in November, that song I've had, I don't think I played it at the same time that we, we played, because we played the same night, right? At Saturdays at 7? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think so, but I yeah, I don't fully remember because I was having a nervous breakdown that night about performing. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, relatable. But for 1933, for me, I cuz the reason I brought that up is I may have even played that song like way back then and I just released right. it. It was one of those songs that just took forever to get the bridge in particular to sit right and a few of the verses it was like 80% there in the chorus felt really good. And that was yeah. after I had written the chorus before and it was a completely different song. It's so weird for me. It's like songs, you know, for some people, songs just come and they like, you know, in 15 minutes and it's like, great. And that's happened to me very, very rarely. Um, really? Yeah. And it's it's great when it does happen and it's, you know, short and you you get everything you need really fast. But for 1933, it was like, just took so long and I would just shelf it for a while and then you know would be thinking about it randomly and stuff would pop up but yeah so I really relate to that putting the song on the shelf for a minute and just seeing what feels right and continuing yeah. to tweak it that's so interesting that you say that about the bridge for 1933 because I was gonna say coming into this that's like my favorite part of the song it's such a cool swell of everything at once um, oh good so it's interesting that that is like that was the thing that took the most time and time and care. Yeah, and so many different iterations of the bridge too. It just like never quite worked. And then finally it clicked into place. So uh, thank you for saying that because that it just took way too long. It's a it's a very beautiful song. I've been listening to it. And the arrangement thank of you. everything is also very, very, very pretty. So congratulations. Thank you. That's Mike McClellan who's doing most of the arrangement on that. He did a fantastic job wrote the cello part and everything. And uh, I think you might've yeah. met Chris at the Saturdays at seven. Chris Rohr played the cello for that. 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels that song in particular of your songs, I feel like would be so good in a like a film. It feels like so cinematic, you know? Oh, thank you. So get on that. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to Tarantino. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll call him up. Yeah, I would love to do that. Have you worked much in the sync side of things? Trying to get your songs into TV film? I'm trying. I mean, I I have submitted songs for sync before, mm-hmm. but I have never. The only time, like, I don't know if people ever do this to you, but I've gotten a few random messages on, like, YouTube or Instagram or whatever, where it'll be, like, student films or people doing little oh. indie documentaries. And they'll be like, uh-huh. can I use this? And I'm always like, yeah, sure, go ahead. I don't yeah. care. But but nothing that is, you know, paying me, which would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. I haven't had that very much with uh, student films reaching out. That would be cool. Um, and you'd mentioned 2024 getting a project together. Is Cool Kid part of this project? It is, yeah. Cool Kid has been like the second single that I've put out for this EP that I'm working on, which is going to be five songs, maybe like maybe an acoustic version of one of the songs. We'll see. So the EP is a collection of songs that are kind of my love letter to LA and also simultaneously my hate letter to LA. <laughs> yes. And yeah, it's it's just it's a really weird city. Every I think an absurd city even. Some would say absurd. Some would. And, but yeah i think it's it's fun to be in a city where everybody is here for a reason and it's a city of very ambitious people and it's a city of dreamers like they classically say but obviously at the same time that breeds a lot of weird relationships between people that breeds a lot of people using each other to get ahead and yeah i just i i've like i was like i've had all these weird experiences over the years of living here and I kind of want to dig into that a little bit and have the the overall theme be that connecting idea of I love LA and I hate LA. <laughs> yeah, it is such a strange combination of drive and energy. Like mm-hmm. I feel like New York just feels so different than LA. Have you spent much time East Coast? A little bit, yeah. I, yeah. I, it's it's definitely a different vibe. I think for for LA specifically, there's something about so many hopeful people being here while also just daily people being completely crushed to a pulp. Yeah, That contrast is like very interesting. Whereas in New York, you know, like of course there's a huge art scene and all of that. But I think that most people who are dreamers in New York want to like work in business or they're like going for a very specific goal in a different kind of scene. Whereas here it's people who are like, I'm a star. I'm going to be a star. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that 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 mix of people, the mix of optimism and also just like complete rejection at the same time mm-hmm. is such a weird combination to always be around. And then there's also the fact that it's beautiful always outside mm-hmm. where you can just feel like you can coast and not do anything and wake up like three months later and be like, oh, wow, I didn't do anything for my craft that whole time. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's happened to you, but it's just like, it's one of those places it just feels very weird it's like was it calypso in the the odyssey where it's like everything is okay so they they like stick around in the journey for years and then realize that they were like had something they needed to do and go and leave again it feels like that place a little bit sometimes 
and then it also is just like a hub for creativity too it's just it's yeah a very weird grouping of feelings and and emotions and stuff it really is it's like a a time suck because it's always beautiful things basically always look the same when you look out your window and there's no seasons so the passage of time is like really kind of hard to deal with kind of like you're saying of it's hard to keep track of like where you are in your in in creative projects and also just like you look up sometimes and it's been eight months and you don't you never really process that because everything around you has has stayed the same and for me especially like when i i have a really hard time remembering what year things happened in la Mm -hmm. specifically because i'm like it's always the same it's always the same year This is so off topic, but for some reason, I have noticed that LA doesn't really care about holidays in the same way that other people care about holidays. Like Uh at Christmas, everyone's gone, everyone leaves. But like normally when you're in, I don't know, like Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or something, you know what holiday it is because everybody is decked out. Mm. And in LA, it's like the bare minimum. They'll put like a pumpkin outside a store. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't believe in seasons here. I guess holidays kind of gets thrown into that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm down for the the LA hate love compilation album happening sometime. So um, we were talking right before this podcast that the last song that I had written was an LA hate love relationship song as well. So it must be a popular theme for artists that are that are striving and, and working out here. So for this project you have coming out in 2024, do you have all the songs recorded and everything? No. Um, so it has changed a little bit over time. I take a really long time to re- to record things, kind of like we were saying before of I like to like sit with a, a song in the writing process for a long time. Mm-hmm. I also like to do that once we start recording and producing things. So originally this EP was going to have four songs and t- one of them was totally different. That's been scrapped, added two new songs. So at this point, we have three recorded and then we're producing out the other two. But yeah, so I, it, it was supposed to come out like January of 2024. Mm. And now I'm like, uh, we're going to we're shooting for spring, maybe summer potentially. But yeah. I'm a lot more excited about the songs that we added and swapped out. So that has been a good change. And that can be a really hard thing to do as an artist, I feel like because of the whole sunk cost feeling of, oh, I went through all this effort to to record this and you might have involved other people in that process too. And then just to be like, it's not the right song. Like that's that's really difficult. And honestly, I don't know if I've even done that ever. Like once I get down the production train with someone, I'll mm-hmm. typically finish it. What's that relationship look like for you with production? Are you working with one producer for this thing or... Do you have a team around it? What, what does that look like? <laughs> I have a team of 50 people and we're... Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, yeah, I'm working with one producer for the whole project named Alyssa Wilkins, who is incredibly talented and it's been such a blast working with them. But I, yeah, I, when, when we first started talking, I was like, in the past, I have been more like, here's the song, here's a demo. I'm really passionate about like how the the vocals sound and the lyrics. But beyond that, I haven't been as involved in the production. Mm. And then more recently, as like I started actually making music, 
I just kept being like, oh no, I, I hear it differently in my head. Uh, like really specific ideas turns out for a lot of the songs that I write. Um, so this EP, we've been kind of more co-producing it and I've gotten to be really involved in the process of like arranging it and which has been awesome. Like I, I think that's why the most recent music just feels a lot more like me and it's been really exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to finish it because <laughs> I'm probably only like 50% through the process. Right. And then you have all the other headache things when you don't have a team of 50 people to think about like the, um, yeah. how are you going to share it with people? And cause I know I've talked to a few artists on here that it's like, you know, once you record the thing, it's really easy to just kind of let it go be like, Oh, I put it out in the mm -hmm. world. Like, and you kind of want to just be done with it because you worked so hard on it that, right. you know, and then once you get it out there, you want it to like leave it to everyone else to kind of deal with. But there's so much you have to do as an artist to actually get people to kind of tune in. That, I mean, that is, it's when the work kind of begins, which it is unfortunate because I don't think yeah. that is the process that, that obviously like w we enjoy as much, right. the promotion and the marketing side of things. And I, I always have a hard time figuring out like the timeline of when to start promoting things. And that is not as fun for me. Figuring out the visuals can Absolutely. be fun and like getting that to match the song. But the, the, this day I push the pre-save link. This day I mm -hmm. show a video. This day I release the, yeah, that I'm, I've been really bad at in the past, but I'm trying to learn via other people, including you. So yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's, I think the trick for it is to make it artistically fulfilling. And I don't know, and honestly, I don't know how to do that most of the time you know, for yeah. the, for the promotion side. So if you have any thoughts on it, let's, let's continue to talk about that because it's, uh, it is a tricky yeah. thing. I recently have something that has helped me is being like, what if I don't take the marketing so seriously and not mm -hmm. in like, oh, I just will be lazy with it and not care about it. But more of like, if, what if I have a sense of humor with things? And what if I like making promo videos that are funny to me? Because like you're saying, if mm -hmm. it feels more fulfilling, I think you have more motivation to to do it. So yeah, I think like having a little bit more fun with it has been helpful, but also we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know who does that really well that we both know is Jessica Vines. Do you know Jessica Vines? I don't know her personally, but I obsessively follow her and her yeah. music. <laughs> okay, cool. Because um, I know Jessica Vines played at Saturdays, Saturdays mm -hmm. at 7. And um, Jessica, I've loved the videos she's posted recently for her EP that came out. She was on the Song Saloon as well. But she she posted a video recently of her showing her song, but like a really fake bad version of her song to her sister. And like live taped the reaction that she had to it and just like her sister just trying to hold it together and just be like tell her that this, this is, is not so good. yeah you this can't, is really great yeah you, you can't post this and it, and it's really funny that's i i love that that's what i like i really want to do um because they always have those videos of like playing it for my sister playing it for uh -huh. my best friend for the first time i love it when people parody that a little bit oh me too and i next time i have a dentist appointment and i really want to just be like 
playing my for new song for like the dental assistant at my dentist's office for the first time for the first time playing this for the receptionist for the first time yep and oh, they're just so like good. what is this <laughs> why are you doing this to me it's tuesday yep oh i love that i'll have to send you <laughs> a video there's a have you heard of austin archer but that's, he's, a, he's that's in, a really cool name yeah He's an LA musician, influencer, actor, kind of hybrid. But I'll send you a video he did. He does like my favorite parody of the listening to them in the car speakers for the first time. It's it's I great. Can't he, wait. Just, he just like rips indie artists apart and it's it's really good. <laughs> I love yeah, anything that's like kind of making fun of of the things that we all have to do, that's chef's kiss. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I know we've been going for a, a while and I'm really excited about Cool Kid and it's been fun to dive into it and listen to it more and that it's involved in this bigger project for 2024. Where can people find you online and follow follow that project? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part of this. Um, you can, yeah. <laughs> to follow along, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, which is at Austin the car. Austin car was stolen, unfortunately. Ugh. Yeah, other than that, I guess that's probably the easiest the easiest way. And you're on Spotify and Apple Music, and this song is out already, so yeah, please do go stream it. Please, yeah, please. <laughs> we're begging you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being on today. This was this was a blast to, to chat about your song a bit. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, hey, this is a great podcast. People should tune in. I don't think enough people really dig into, dig into like, the lyrics of it and i think that's like half the song like why are, that's a big part of the art of it so i yeah i really appreciate what you're doing thank you yeah and i think for folk-minded musicians like we both are that you know sometimes it's even more than half the song so yeah um so i appreciate your take on that but yeah thanks so much austin it was great to have you here i'll, I'll see you later <laughs> bye <laughs> see ya <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to The Song Saloon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do follow us on Instagram at The Song Saloon, or you can go to our website, thesongsaloon.com, where you can find past episodes, transcriptions, and you can get onto our newsletter to get an email reminder whenever we have episodes come out. Episodes are released twice a month. Please follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll see you next time.
Yeah. 